0: Welcome to 17 Weeks. This is the show that gives you real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of the season. Real NFL players, unfiltered, unrestricted, and of course, uninterrupted. Let's get it poppin'. Out in Buffalo, we got Cole Beasley. Cole's bills punched their ticket to the postseason, so he's celebrating with a
1: little something for himself. We actually bought a side-by-side yesterday, so that'll be here today, so I'm looking forward to tearing up my backyard with that with the kids later.
0: As always, Lev is our guy in New York. He's healthy. And back on the field just in time for a matchup up against his old squad, the
2: Steelers. You know, everybody's calling the late game revenge game, you know, and I'm not even really looking at it like that. I'm, you know, honestly, I'm, it's going to be fun, and I look forward to it.
0: Only two weeks left in the regular season. Let's close this thing out strong. This is 17 weeks. Quick time out. 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM or for free on the Pandora app. 17 Weeks is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen, be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, and share the show on social media. All right, it's time for the show. Cole and the Bills showed out on primetime this week as they ended the Steelers' hot streak in Pittsburgh and clinched a playoff spot with the win. Congrats, Cole. I know you're celebrating. How you feeling?
1: Since we made the playoffs, I was pretty excited. So, you know, you get that extra. It's like extra money in our eyes, really. I already spent it, basically. Yesterday, I took Everett to the Polaris place. We actually bought a side-by-side yesterday, so that'll be here today. So I'm looking forward to tearing up my backyard with that with the kids later. Called it my my playoff present. <laughs> Man, how, I mean, it's basically an off-road vehicle. It's a step up from a four-wheeler, I guess. I don't know. I mean, we call it a buggy as well. Um, I don't know. It's got a little bed in the back. You can buy them with a front seat and a back seat, which fits like three people in each row. I just got one with the front seat. I actually have a few at my hunting ranch, um, Texas. You know, I figured I got like five acres in Buffalo, so I'm like, well, I need something else to, to entertain the kids and something they can have fun with, so... I mean, obviously they can't drive, but I can, I can take them for rides on that and, and entertain them a little bit, so I was pretty pumped. Next up for Cole, the New England Patriots, and maybe the best secondary in the league. Gilmore's been been a good player for a while now and, and one of the best DBs in the league, so we've gone against him once so far. A uh, very instinctive player, savvy vet, and and very talented, very competitive, so be another challenge for us this week defensively. In New York, Lev has had time to recover from the flu. In fact, he's had a few
0: days off since they played last Thursday up against the Ravens. Hey, yo, Lev, tell us what you saw when facing Lamar Jackson and what it's like to be hosting the Steelers this week. How does that feel?
2: You know, those guys, they were good as advertised. You know, they had good offense, good defense, special guys on both sides of the ball. Those guys, just got the better of us that night. I think we left a lot of plays on the field. The game should have been a lot closer than it actually was. But I think our guys fought hard, and you know, that's a game that I think we can build on. You know, we have a lot to look forward to for that. Um, overall, you know, me, uh, myself, it felt good to just get back out there and and play football again after being sick. I mean, people don't really understand, you know, when you come off a sickness, your energy level is kind of lower. It's a lot lower, actually. Um, and I was just glad I was able to go out there and perform the way I did. Um, guy the game healthy. You know, I guess I had my best rushing performance. You know, it it was one of the better games. I think the O line did a great job opening the holes and things like that. We have a lot to build on and look forward to. Well, this week, we actually got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, They're coming to town. I think it's going to be a fun week. I'm looking forward to, you know, obviously playing against my former team. A lot of guys that I play with and and came into the league with and, you know, guys have been there longer than me. It's going to be fun to actually play against them and compete against them. Um, Going against Coach Thomas' game plans and and Coach Butt's game plan. It's going to be fun, and I look forward to it. You know, it's going to be a special moment. Everybody's calling the late Young revenge game, you know, and I'm not even really looking at it like that. I'm, You know, honestly, I'm going to treat it like every other football game. It's just going to be against my former. Team, if that makes sense. I don't necessarily think I'm gonna play harder or play, you know, less harder. I think I give my all just about every football game I play. I don't necessarily treat this one with any more type of chip on my shoulder or whatever. I think it all be the same for me. I mean, it's just gonna be a little different just because I'm playing against a lot of guys that I play with. You know, it's gonna be a fun game. I think. You know, those guys gonna battle. I know what type of players, what type of coaches, and you know, fans they have. Are they all gonna put their heart in the game. Um, that's what's gonna make it fun. to compete to actually get a chance to compete against the Steelers because I know exactly what they stand about and and how they carry themselves and what they believe in, you know. So I know it's going to be a tough challenge for me. I'm looking forward to it. I'll brace it. It should be a fun game.
0: So revenge games are always cool, you know, playing for Minnesota and then going to Seattle. I didn't really have a chance to play against the Minnesota Vikings. And then when I went from Seattle to Detroit, when I did have an opportunity to play against Seattle, I was banged up. So I didn't have a true revenge game. Now, playing against former teammates, that happened quite a bit. I remember when they traded Randy to Oakland and we ended up playing against Oakland and Seattle. And it was after I got my first deal. And I remember Randy coming up to me and he's like, yo, you're not in my shadow no more. You just got paid. Now it's all on you. Prove why you're worth the money. And it was one of them big brother moments because I couldn't lean on Batman. I couldn't be Robin and wait for him to save the day. So that was like something that I never forgot. And I tell young guys all the time, you're gonna have opportunities where somebody's gonna slightly open the door and you gotta bust that thing down. And nobody knows that better than the guy that you were chasing, whatever position it's in. And luckily for me, Randy was one of those OGs. When I saw him, he just dropped them gems off on me. Now, that's more of, a big brother being a big brother moment facing a former teammate. There was a dude that I played with named Oliver Celestine. He was like a cornerback slash safety. And we played together in Seattle. He leaves, he's playing for the Jets. We're playing in New York. I wanna say a preseason game because it was around my birthday. So it had to be a preseason game. And I catch this slant route, right? And I get hit by the corner and I'm kind of fighting for extra yards. But then I'm like, it's the preseason. So I just let the tacklers take me down and he hits me and he gets on top and he starts like jamming me into the ground. Like if a bully were to grab you by your jacket and lift you off your feet, that's how he was holding my jersey, right? And he's just like pushing me into the ground and I'm looking up like, bro, Hey, it's me. Now mind you, I know this dude. Like we're cool. We were cool. And as I'm looking up at him into his face mask, it was almost like his eyes were glazed over. And I was like, "Oh. Yo, is Yo, what's up? It's me, Nate." And he's just like, "Yeah, all day. We are coming at you. It's gonna be like this for four quarters." And I'm thinking my at 1, I know you. 2, it's the preseason. And 3, you bugging, fam. <laughs> so it it really had me tripping. Like, I got up and I was like, oh, like, what's up, baby? Like, yo, we good? Like, you got we got a problem? And he was looking at me like, yeah, like he didn't know me. He was like, yeah, all day, whatever, whatever. And I walked back to the huddle, so confused. Like, just scratching my head. Like, I have no idea what, like, what just happened? And the whole time I'm like, okay, I need to talk to this dude. I didn't play that much because I was a starter, so played a few more snaps. Couldn't even enjoy the game. Just the whole time for three quarters, just like, what happened in the first quarter? Like, was he is he beefing with me? Do we have a beef that I don't know about? Like, did he find out that like, you know, I, I used to date one of his girlfriends in middle school? Like, what happened? So, end of the game comes around, and like, I'm kind of like in the space where I'm like, I don't even know if I gotta fight this dude because he was so aggressively trying to disrespect me after a nothing play. I see him after the game, I'm like, oh, what's up, bro? Like, we got a problem, we good. And you would have thought the first quarter didn't even happen. He was like, Nate, what's up, man? How you doing, bro? Hey, man, how you? How the family? Family good? Okay, cool, man. Yeah, everything all right. The body doing okay? Okay, yeah, yeah, man. Hey, tell everybody I said, what's up, man? Hey, good to see you, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And I was just like, mouth open. Like, what? bro, like, you just, what? D- you don't remember what happened? In the-? And he was like, oh, hey, Nate. And you know I'll be tripping. I'll be blacking out, bro. You know, hey, 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 you know what I'm saying? I, you know what it is. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, I'm just saying, you... You know how I get sometimes. You know I—no disrespect, but you know I gotta. You on the other side wearing a different color. I gotta do what I gotta do. Hey man, but you take care, man. Love you, brother. And I was like, uh, all right, love you too. And I just walked. <laughs> I walked in the locker room like that. That was the craziest thing. But you know what? As much as I was confused, I walked away from that like that's the way I should be approaching every game. Like if I know a dude. I don't even care for family. If he's playing for the other team, now I'm getting paid money to go out there and do him dirty. I'm going to do him dirty. So, yeah, that was, like, the one thing that happened in the game that I thought was so odd, but I remember walking away, like, he actually handled it the right way. He was supposed to do that. Like, you don't give me no free pass because we used to share a lunch table together when we played on the same team. No. So all I'm saying is if you get traded away or you're on another team, Even though your boys still play on your former squad, do them dirty. Cause if you don't, you're not doing them justice. Last Sunday, Eli Manning left the field with a standing ovation after leading the G-man with a win over the Dolphins. Eli will likely end his Giants career, check this, at a 117 and 117 record. But don't forget about those two sparkly-ass rings on his fingers though. Eli Manning, Hall of Famer. Cole, you played the Giants many times when you played in the NFC East. So let's start with your thoughts on Eli.
1: I played him for uh, mostly later in his career, so but he's you know he's obviously been a good quarterback for a long time in this league, and he has two Super Bowls. and I think both of those, I know one of those years for sure, you weren't expecting the Giants to win the Super Bowl. They were nine and seven one year and I think and and went and won the Super Bowl. So you know it's kind of crazy. he's he's had um, a lot of up and down years as of late. Like a lot of people may think he's not, but I mean, anytime you win two Super Bowls as a quarterback and you're leading your team to a victory, I think you're a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? It's hard to get there. It's hard to win multiple Super Bowls. He got there twice and won two of them. So and I know it's a team effort, but there's there's a lot that goes into that quarterback position and a lot that's weighing on him every game. So to be able to do that twice is pretty remarkable. And I I think he's he, he was one of the better quarterbacks at that time for sure. So you know, I think I think so.
2: Lev, you're here in New York, too, man. What do you
1: think about Eli?
2: After everything that Eli has been through, you know, this year, even in former years, you know, former years when they, like, took his little starting consecutive starts away like two years ago. I forgot exactly when it was, but going through that, going through this season, he delivered, you know, the Giants, I think, two Super Bowls. And for the fans to give him a standing ovation and, and really respect what Eli has done for that organization, it was really no, heartwarming, you know, I mean, I think the Giants fans really showed a lot of respect, players, the coaches, to bring him out of the game. So he came to the standing ovation, you know, that meant everything in the world, you know, and I think he has done everything that you can ask of him to do for organization. So I'm glad, you know, the organization was able to show love back and really give him that respect that he, I feel like he deserved. I think Eli will go into the Hall of Fame. A lot of people will kind of look at it like he didn't have a career like Peyton did. I don't know. It's close because of the fact that I think Eli statistically is not as good as Peyton Manning, but Eli delivered in all the big games. When he was in his prime and he made it to the Super Bowl, he was winning the Super Bowl. I, I, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's I think he got more rings than Peyton Manning, actually. Right? I'm not sure, but I think, you know, Eli is definitely qualified to be a Hall of Fame quarterback just because of the simple fact that he's he done anything you can ask a quarterback to do. He came in, he's a high draft pick, came in and lived up to all the expectations. Delivered the team a Super Bowl. So it's like when you come in and you draft a quarterback high, you expecting him. That, that's what everybody expects the quarterback to do, deliver him a Super Bowl. So he's done that twice. I think he got good enough stats and, and, and things like that for him to make it to the Hall of Fame. He's played long enough. I don't think there's not one check mark that he didn't, didn't necessarily pass. He kind of checks all boxes and he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I think it's really simple for real. I don't think there's nothing to even think about. Can say whatever
0: you want about him. You can say whatever you want about the record. You can say whatever you want about the Eli face. You can even call him goofy if you want. It don't matter. Eli Manning, in my opinion, he played great in a couple of big moments and he got a couple of big ass rings on his fingers that most guys will give their right arm for. Me included. Eli isn't the only one saying goodbye this season. The Raiders played their last game in Oakland this week. They're moving to Las Vegas next year. It was a disappointing end for the Oakland fans, who not only were saying goodbye to their team, but they had to watch them lose to Gardner, Minshew, and the Jags. Oakland is a special place to play. Fellas, you guys like
1: playing in Oakland. I've never played a regular season game there. They're probably a little bit more amped up in the regular season than in the preseason, but they they always got pretty wild in that that little corner of the end zone. I forgot what they, they call them over there. Is it the black hole? Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the black hole. They get pretty crazy over there. One thing I did hate was playing on that field when it had the baseball field on there and getting on the dirt, and it was terrible. It's so hard during the games.
2: Are those Oakland fans as crazy as people say? When we actually played them a couple weeks ago, like a month ago, when we played them, their fan base traveled crazy. They came to the stadium, you know, and they were loud, and they were... You know, excited about the game. You know, so Oakland, the Oakland fan base is going to travel. You know, the fact just they're, the fact they're moving to Las Vegas, that's not really going to change. You know what their fan base does. Their fan base is going to travel. They're going to come to every game. They're going to be loud. They're going to have paint on their face, black it out, whatever you may whatever whatever you may say. I feel like they have some of the best fans in the world. You know, and you got to respect that. So I mean, it's always tough when you uh when you know it's like you're playing a last game in a stadium, or if it's like your last football game, or if it's like your last home game or whatever it may be you know just, just to know that it's like the last one is always carries some type of emotions with it I, I think uh they didn't team didn't deliver for the last game but at the end of the day the reddish fan base will travel and they follow those guys
1: wherever they want to go
0: cole how does the black hole compare to bill's mafia
1: oh no nobody tops the bill's mafia i mean they're they're crazy in oakland but they're they're crazier in buffalo man i mean it, I didn't know how well Bills fans traveled until I got here. They, I mean, I don't know if it's just because we're winning or what, but they've been pretty awesome at all the away games too. And I guess a lot of our away games aren't that far either, most of them. You know, a lot of away games had turned into home games for us, and it's been it's been really awesome to see that and all the support from, from those guys. And they got their faces painted. Like, they go all out, man. It's cool to see. And they're out outside the stadium breaking tables and shit, so... I don't think it gets any crazier than that. They're throwing people through tables. Man, I remember
0: playing in Oakland in the beginning of my
1: career, and I heard all the stories. Yo, they gonna
0: yell at you, they gonna talk about you. I heard about them throwing batteries and all kind of craziness. So I gotta be honest, I wasn't shook, but I was kind of shook though. Cause I was like, man, these guys, they might get after me. And if I'm not balling, they could get in my head and they're right on you. Like when you turn around, like they're right there. But one thing about Oakland, like, yeah, they're going to talk about you. They're going to have some of your mama jokes. They might even do their research and know your wife's name and your kids. They don't get too nasty, but they definitely want to get your attention. I will say this, when you turn around and acknowledge them, yo, what's up, why you coming at me like that? They'll be like, oh what's up, Nate? Nah, we just playing with you. But if you ball out, like they'll really respect you. As Soon as you go over there, they'll show you love. Thing about me and Oakland, though, it's much deeper than football. My mom and dad from the Bay. I got family in Oakland. So I used to visit the Bay every summer when I was little. So being able to play there, I had 15, 20 people in the crowd. Uh, You know, I'm a West Coast dude. A lot of my flavor is Oakland, San Francisco, Bay Area flavor. So when I was there, I embodied that spirit. And those fans, man, they felt like family to me because I had so much family there. And even like the baseball diamond, I know people complained about the field and how that crossover between baseball and football would happen. Yeah, it was a little bit uncomfortable to cut on grass and then be cutting on dirt the next step. But it was still cool though. It looked good aesthetically. And when you was out there routing dudes up to see a guy fall and slide in the dirt like he slid in a second, like that's a cool feeling. I mean, I had some big games in open so Some good times there. Shout out to those fans. I've been seeing a lot of pieces the last couple weeks and man, it's like losing a family member. And I'm not trying to be overdramatic for real. Think about that. Some of these dudes and some of these women have been going to that stadium longer than the relationships that they're in. And you're ripping that away and going to Vegas. Damn, damn. Did y'all see the blizzard in Kansas City last week? The Chiefs, they had a little fun this weekend when they had a little pre-game snowball fight. What's the weirdest weather you played through? Fellas, Cole,
1: you first. I thought I was going to play in my first snow game this year, and I have yet to do that. So maybe maybe the last game of the year when we play the Jets at home. No, I thought it was going to snow at the Pittsburgh game, but then the weather kind of changed a little bit. I've never played in a snow game before, so it would be interesting to see, see what that's like. You know, I'm from Texas, so... We really don't mess with the snow like that. Not only, really, I don't really want to play in a snow game, but it'd be cool just to experience it at least one time, I guess. Ugh, Chicago in like 2013 or something like that. We played there, and it was like negative 13 with the wind chill, and it was so windy, dude. It sucked. It was so cold. Like I, I stood by the heater the whole game, and that was before I was really playing a lot. I would just go in on like third downs every now and then. I'd probably play like eight plays, eight or ten plays a game. So really, it didn't affect me as bad as it affected everybody else because I was on the sideline a lot. So I was either on the heated benches or I was by the heater naturally. So that's that's really the worst weather that I've ever played in uh, in the NFL. I had one in against Navy in college where it was cold and just rainy, and the wind was blowing so hard, and those were miserable too.
2: Lev, what about you? It's actually fun to play in the snow, for real. You know, it's just a little tough, like, cutting and and things like that, but I think it's, like, fun. It kind of brings me back to the days where, like, I was younger and I was outside playing in the snow, playing football in the snow. It's like, it's real soft and, like, (laughs) the only thing about it is, like, your feet get, like, real cold because it's, like, they get wet. Basically, you know, the snow gets on your feet, it gets cold, it gets wet, your socks get wet. That's the only bad thing about it, but other than that, I think it's fun to play in the snow, you know what I mean? I'd way much rather play in the snow than the rain. I hate playing in the rain. That's one of the things I really do hate. And that's the beautiful thing about football. You get all types of elements and, you know, situations and wind and because you play outside. Well, majority of the time you're playing outside. So it's, it's crazy when you get to play in a snow game and, and stuff like that. For me, it's fun. You know, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people don't like the cold, you know, but me personally, it doesn't bother me. I like playing uh, when it's cold and it really didn't bother me at all.
0: I remember one time we were playing in Denver. I was playing for Seattle. It was so cold it couldn't snow. We're in the locker room. There's hot chocolate. There's like vegetable broth. All these players got remedies. Everybody has something they should be doing. I'm like, man, I ain't no punk. How cold is it outside? Oh, I don't know. It's hovering around zero degrees. I'm like, cool, whatever. I'm gonna go out there and pre because this is when I was young. So I used to go out there and have to do the pump return. So I go out there, no sleeves on. You know, initial adrenaline. I was running around the locker room, my body was warm. I got skinny fingers, big hands, skinny fingers. So my digits go numb fast. Same thing with my toes. I'm about 17 jogs in. I get to the middle of the field and ooh wee. Jack Frost started touching my soul and my hands went numb. My feet are numb, my arms are freezing. I catch like two puns, I'm like, coach, I gotta go back in. I need to change. I go back in, I'm like, woo! Everybody's like, told you, told you, see, trying to act tough. So now, I'm drinking a hot chocolate, I got the vegetable broth, just steaming, sipping it. I put the sleeves on, and now I'm going to everybody, okay, what you got? It was like the black market of trying to stay warm in the NFL game. And dudes from the South, they got the countryest of remedies. One dude from the South was like, hey, hey, my my grandmama said, um, put chili powder in your shoes you know chili powder once it actually hits your skin after it sweats the pores open up and the chili powder will seep in. i'm like shit sounds sounds scientific to me let me get the chili powder one dude was like hey vaseline up just all you got to do is vaseline up you know what i'm saying because the vaseline it's 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 a thick moisture if you put the lotion on it's a light moisture and that that can cause you to be cold i said cool that sounds good meet the vaseline one one dude was like "Uh, uh, nope uh, actually, um, uh, my my auntie is a, a nurse, and she says if you if you take nurse's gloves and you put those underneath your football gloves, um, uh, that is really gonna um, hold in the heat underneath your gloves. Therefore, your digits won't get as numb as they typically would. Uh, sounds medical, let me get that too. I must have did everything in my power with all the hood and country remedies that people were asking me to do. I got out there and still was hella cold. So basically, long story short, either you're built to withstand the weather, or you're not. That's just how it is. And I remember my guy, uh, LaShawn McCoy, playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. When I was with the Detroit Lions, we went there and it snowed crazy. It was like that soft snow. And it wasn't crazy cold, but it was super slippery. Couldn't even see the lines. Everybody's falling down, slipping. He goes in at halftime, comes back out, and he's cooking us. like. Guys were falling down, and he had, like, perfect traction. And I remember after the game, I was like, yo, LaShawn, bro, like, what what did you do at halftime? He's like, oh, I changed my cleats. And I'm like, yeah, we all changed our cleats, but we were still falling down, like. And he's like, nah, I put on, like, extra longer, you know, studs on the bottom. And I'm thinking, i like, what kind of mountain climber cleats did you put on, bro? Like, the, the air Hee-Hoos? Like, what in the world could you put on that we didn't have in our locker room? I was so mad. And he was like, bro, I just... And I was like, Nah, it's LaShawn. Like that's why LaShawn has, like, he had crazy footwork and still does. Cold games though, they're fun to play in. It's time to wrap this episode with another edition of Quick Outs. Fans really pay attention to specific players this week. What do you think about fantasy football, Cole?
1: I don't know. I don't. I don't give shit about fantasy. First and foremost. I mean, it really, I'm just. I'm just happy to like get these opportunities and be able to come through when my team needs me to to get these touchdowns. It's a lot more fun getting in the end zone than. Not getting in the end zone—that's for damn sure—and um, I've been doing it a lot the the last uh, few weeks. I hear a lot of guys in our locker room talking about playing fantasy. Actually, not even just that like the equipment guys and and trainers—they all they all play fantasy. But I don't really know like how they're doing or <laughs> like any specifics. I just know there are a couple guys that that do do it. I just don't like fantasy because then people don't even care about the the real world. All they care about is you fucking up their their fantasy team and shit, and then they start getting pissed off at you on Twitter and for my Twitter days and and all that because you uh you did like say at the end of the game it's like we're just trying to win it's a third down we're running out the clock and I get a first down and they try to let me score and I don't score and I like take a knee to to win the game for my team they get pissed off at you because you don't score when you're just trying to win a damn football game <laughs> And they don't really care about the situation of the game and all that. So it's just, I don't know. That's why I don't like fantasy. And then people like tell me to, it looks like I dropped my son or something like that, you know. Lev, you won people many fantasy championships. How you feel about it?
2: Look, man, I I don't know exactly how fantasy football works. A lot of people pick me for fantasy football uh, for whatever reason. I know it's just because, you know, they they try to pick their best players or whatever players who can kind of run and catch most of the time, or a quarterback. I wish I knew more about fantasy football because it seemed interesting, you know, but I don't really know much about fantasy football, I'm not even going to lie to you guys. And people around me, obviously, always, you know, some of my close friends and and, and my family members, they play fantasy football and they tell me if I have a good game or if I didn't do so well, or um, dang, they should have gave you the ball on the three-yard line, or uh, man, I wish you would have did this, that, and the other. I just go out there and try to play good football. That's all I try to do. And with that being said, these last three games, I hope I'm, you know, the highest fantasy player in December. That's really my goal. I want to go out there and show people that I still am that player that people, you know, been seeing for my whole career. I think I'll have more opportunities um, in the next three games, and, and, and I just want to go out there and show everybody what I can do. Fantasy
0: football to me, man, I love it. I didn't play it when I played because I always felt like that was a conflict of interest. My wife played and she would always draft me. And I was like, damn, that's a lot of pressure. Like, let somebody else in the league draft me. Like, I don't want to come home after a couple of drops in a bad game and all of a sudden, like, I ain't getting no loving, you know what I'm saying? You on the other side of the bed because I didn't catch the touchdown. You know what I mean? I'm coming home from practice starving and there's Pop-Tarts on the plate. Like, yeah, take that. You don't deserve chicken and rice. Like, I can't. Like, I can't, I can't have that type of pressure. I had to tell her one year. I was like, don't, listen, don't drag me. Our, our relationship is on the rocks because of this, man. I called, I called my uh, lawyer last week to get the divorce papers sent. You over looking at me crazy when I come home from a bad game. I can't, I can't have all this conflict in the house. I hope you enjoyed this episode of 17 Weeks. This show is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when every new episode drops on Thursdays. And if you like what you heard, which I know that you do, can't deny it, share the show, spread the love. I'm your host, Nate Burleson. Shout out to my co-hosts, Le'Veon Bell, Jalen Ramsey, and Cole Beasley. The show was produced by Gabe Goodwin, Ben Redman, Mike Midas, Matt Ford, Josh Rodriguez, and Paul Eidermiller. Sound design and music by Steve Porter. Our executive producer, TD St. Matthew Daniel for Uninterrupted. Till next time, it's 17 weeks.
2: We out.